I'm so much happier. My friends that have like men problems and I love being married. Like obviously I've done it twice, but I mean, it's, I'm, I'm all for, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for, I love it. So don't think that I'm, I'm pro divorce cause I'm not, but I'm like, I, it's, it's, I feel so just independently strong. Like I don't have Absolutely. anyone, I don't have any, it's just, it's me. And I get to do whatever I want and get up whenever I want and make whatever I want and all that. So that's, that's the, the good, happy ending. You get to put the sheets on the bed that you want. You get to wear what you want. Nobody gets to tell you what to do. You can change your dishes. <laughs> you can yeah, decorate the stuff. house how you want. Like, yep. <laughs> Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday, gals, and welcome back for another episode. We are gathered here today oh, to... <laughs> to mourn. <laughs> to mourn <laughs> my favorite celebrity couple, which is Joseph Adam Jonas and Sophie Turner. Um, mm. divorce, man, divorce has been on the hot topic. Like all the hot girls this summer have been getting divorced. Literally all the divorce albums, all the divorces. Um, and I think the moral of the story is just don't get married young. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's the moral of the story here. Get, I mean, no offense to you. Cause I know you got married in your twenties, but like, at, like Drake said, getting married in your twenties, where's the fun in that? Like, yeah, yeah. Also, though, I am going to be thirty in March, so I'm 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 a good I'm I'm a good I'm good with the late twenties. Um, I just think that we all really need to wait until our brain is totally developed at twenty five. Um, we'll also wait till your Saturn return because, like, Sophie is in her Saturn return right now, and I'm like, yeah, no shit, and I have confirmation from our astrologer. That she's in her side in return right now. Apparently, their sinistry hasn't been lined up because let me tell you this that man is a Leo. Mm-hmm. He's an August Leo. Okay, my father's an August Leo. I know what they're like. And then she's over here being a February Pisces. Like, oh, well. <laughs> we could have told you that wasn't going to work out. I wanted it to, but when after I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> makes so much sense now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, getting married young is hard because there's, you know, there's so much growth that happens, especially Mm -hmm. in your 20s. I mean, you're really just kind of kids and with kids like you're really just starting to find yourself and figure out like what you want to do and how you want to live the rest of your life. And there's just so much learning and so much growth and so much change. I mean, I think that's why my previous relationship didn't last like. Mm-hmm. We weren't growing together. There was just mm-hmm. no, there was none of that. So, well, and this started dating when she yeah. was 19. I'm like, can you imagine still being with the person that you were dating at 19? No. Not me. No. No. Never. No. no. Um, I will say, though, I was shocked. Like, when, oh, when, 1000%. The, when like TMZ posted the first time, I was like, I literally posted TikTok and I was like, say it's not so. Like, this is not, this cannot be real. Like, this, mm-hmm. this, like, I'm going to be so upset. And then you were on a plane and I was like, Emily. Oh, I bought, I I bought an hour Wi-Fi. I was like more, I was like, I was like more people are posting. I was like, big names are posting. 
awesome. Today Show. The Today Show had like, their own. It was like all this stuff, and I was like, oh no. Oh no. I was no. like, oh, NBC ain't gonna publish something unless it's correct. So, I mean, like, if the Today Show has their own source, yeah, it's Jover. Yeah, it's Jover. It's jo- <gasps> Jover. <laughs> over no but man really did try to like trick us with that ring pick though the day before i think he literally was like i, I look love this good pic. he's like i, I look, look good, good as fuck <laughs> i look this hot. is the last day i can post this i look sexy i'm posting this today because tomorrow the ring is off i'm filing <laughs> for <a> divorce <laughs> like we he was like this photo must make the feed <laughs> and like honestly i get it I and mean, i respect it he is an August Leo. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> like, I guess I get it. I, I 1000% get it. What I don't get is his publicist and like the whole PR team and how they're handling this with all the backgrid photos, which is if you see a photo that's credited as backgrid, it's because this person or their team called the paparazzi on them. It's not like a happenstance. Mm. Like you only have like backward photos are because the celebrity called the paparazzi on themselves. And so I'm like, what is the strategy here? Because it yeah. feels like you're trying to get ahead of something that is making me very nervous. And um, I'm just going to go on record and say I've always been a knit girly. Um, I, I <laughs> knit girly until I die. I also am a Nicholas Jerry Jonas um, girly. I've never been a Joe girly. I will say I do. I do think Joe is really fun, but um, there was a phase. Camp um, Rock? No. Shane Gray? No, no. I was never <laughs> in. No, I was always like, Nick, that's my baby. That, there he is. I legit thought that he was going to see me at that concert and fall in love with me and marry me. Oh, like, we all did. Priyanka Hill, it's Hannah Miller time. Like, it. Like, <laughs> we all thought that Priyanka was and Joe, uh, Priyanka and Nick were going to be the ones that divorced first. Oh, but Nick, at the same Nick time. Nick was leaving her for me. I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> at the same time, I feel like Priyanka, if. Nick came up to her and was like, I want a divorce. I feel like Priyanka would just be like, no. <laughs> she would be me. She, she would be so me. I'd be like, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Like, <laughs> like, you need to go work. That's cute. You need to go work on you and come back to me when you've decided something different. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cute. Funny. You think you can divorce me? <laughs> Baby, <laughs> I'm fucking Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, Have this, you seen my face? Have you seen my face? This is not um, my story. Where this is not my ending. <laughs> like I ran from his universe. Okay, you think? Okay, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. No. No. It definitely, maybe, possibly explains the like litty titty Joe um, on stage. Also, could have just been having fun. I also um, feel like that's just Joe twenty four seven. That's very true. And so that's very true. Because you can see Nick a- in the corner, and it's like. Well, together. that's the thing. Everybody's like saying like he was the homebody and Sophie like took a party. And I'm like, again, the man is a Leo. Please. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that man's ever been a homebody in his life. Yeah. No. That, that and then the like the parenting rumors. I'm like, let's not bring, let's not bring that into this. Like. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was a we, little tacky. I didn't like I was that. like, that's a little tacky for me. She's also filming a show in London. But also you are both their parents. There is no babysitting, watching dad mode, mom mode. Like you are mom and dad to them. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, I don't, I, mm, that was tacky for me. I was like, mm, I don't, I don't yeah. like that one. Nicholas Jerry Jonas would never do that. <laughs> 
It's so funny because I act like I know all about them. I know absolutely nothing. We know nothing. But because that's another thing too you have to think about. Like they are, they are very so private people. Incredibly private. They've done a so, really, really good job. Because I feel like when we were younger, like I knew everything about Nick. I mean, I had oh, I like knew I had Nick's toothbrush favorite color. colors, like names, like all these things, all these like things. And now I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't even know. Literally, this is how in the dark I am. I didn't even know Joe and Sophie had children. Oh, I did. Until I heard that new song. What is it called? Little Bird or whatever it's called. Mm. Little Bird. I was like, oh, are they all dads? Wait, Joe's yes. a dad? And then I went through a wormhole and I was like, oh my God, they have two kids. How did I so miss this? I knew this? they had kids. I knew they had kids. I didn't know the second one had been born already because the first one seemed Willa. Um, oh, that's really but cute. But that's it. They've never posted a photo of her mm-hmm. and nor of the other one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the other one, I don't know what it is, what the name is or anything like that. Yeah. Um, They're very private with their kids. Nick and Priyanka are pretty private with theirs too. They've posted photos, but not like face. And then Kevin, but you you know more about Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. They've grown up like in the public spotlight that they probably also, it's like Blake and um, Ryan and all of their kids. Like they don't really want their kids being like in the spotlight. Same. I have already said, if I post a photo of my kid, it's going to be from behind. Like I don't want my kid's face everywhere. So many people do that. And I just, there's too many creepy people on the world. And also like, I want them to decide when they're ready or maybe when they're older, like the whole, like posting my baby. I just, I don't know about that. Yeah. No, I've never wanted to do that. Just me personally. A lot of people do it and it's totally fine and whatever, but I just, I like the idea of like doing it from, from the, from like from back, from the back of your head and stuff. I'm the same way, like where, so Kristen Cavallari, she has like three kids and she's only ever posted like the back of their head or like an emoji over their face or something like that. And like, I just know like with me, like I've already had my photos like shared across like fan sites when I when I'm working with celebrities that like I already know how fast my photo travels in some situations that if I was to have kids I don't want that as well I mean I already you don't even know anything about if you know my dating life it's because you listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. you look at my social media you would think that I would have never been in a relationship ever yeah I'm public about some things but I definitely think I want to keep that part of my life pretty private just for privacy and I don't know like I said the world gets weird and I don't want to be a part of the weirdness (laughs) but I really was just taken back about how sudden it is and this is something we talk about in today's episode because it it felt really sudden because I mean she was at the Austin show Mm -hmm. there was a photo of them holding hands and everything seeming like oh perfectly okay and fine and to now going to Joe Jones files for divorce, like in Miami or something like that. And it, it just being so sudden. We talk about that in this episode because it's really not yeah. sudden most of the time. Like it's just something where these people have been trying to work it out for years. And I hate that the, if they felt like they've had to put on a brave face for their fans this whole time while they're personally struggling in their relationship. I hate that for them. That's so sad. And that's so painful to have to like pretend like everything's fine when like deep down, like right before you go on this red carpet, you just had like a huge argument or something. Um, that is a very difficult struggle that yeah. I cannot, I can't sympathize with. I don't know what it's like, but. Well, and like, because of, you know, their tour, like 
like the expectation that all the all the wives are going to be there supporting. They're like, yeah, you know what I mean. So that and then they know as like, soon as that they're like, that. why is Sophie not here? Like the exactly. constant questions are going to come into exactly. it. Exactly, because God forbid she has her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very so true. yeah, I, I just I I feel for that. I know how hard that is, and it's not usually a sudden decision. This is something that they've probably like been trying to reconcile over for a while. Um, I, and I truly don't think we're going to ever know the reason as to why that they are getting a divorce. I was shocked to begin with. They made a statement on Instagram together because I was too. I didn't think, didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I don't feel like it has to have it. I don't feel like you need to have to tell. I mean, Ariana Grande didn't make a public announcement about her divorce with Dalton Gomez or anything. But That's like, very true. I definitely think it is very much like people are doing that way more often now when it, I would have just been like, bye. <laughs> I don't no feel like it's, we, you, you had to, I, do, I think a lot of fans like they have this parasocial relationship where they don't realize that like they don't owe you an explanation as to their personal relationships as to why they're not working out. Like, is it sad? Yes. Have fans invested in their relationship? Yes. But there's also a line, but that you just don't know them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very sad for them, but like, obviously that was something that needed to happen. And I just hope the best for them both. And I hope that this like, helps alleviate some of that additional stress that may have been following them from trying to make thousand it work. Percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. And I don't hate either one of them. I know like a lot of fans there have been like anti Joe so, lately. So much like anti this, anti that. And I'm like, you literally knew nothing about what happened. Like why are we speculating? Why are we reading so much into this? Like let's let's be sad with them. And obviously that's like a really hard thing. And then like also, let's continue somebody, to support them. Like somebody who works in the media not in the same aspect as sure. like TMZ where I'm yeah. controlling a narrative at all. I'm just, I'm not in that position. The media can't spin something on its own control. And like, yes, Joe could go out there and redact a lot of the stuff that's being said 1000%. But also at the same time, you're just drawing more attention to that and making people think other things. I just think that there's a whole reason as to why nothing has been redacted. But I also don't stand in support of him bashing Sophie as like a mother um, or like his team um, trying to make Sophie look like a not, not good mother. I don't agree with that. Oh, yeah. Time, I, so. Like I said earlier, I think that whole like don't. I just think he needs to fire his publicist. <laughs> that's so tacky to go after people for their parenting like. People yeah. are just doing their best. It is a yeah. tough, tough job. I mean, I work with parents every single day, and I just unless like, they're like putting the child's life in danger. Or exactly. Something, you unless know? unless yeah. unless it's unsafe, then you know it's hard. It's a hard job. And like yeah. the thing is, is everybody's doing it for the first time. Like no one's been a parent before until they are a parent, and like you just kind of mm-hmm. get thrown into that sometimes. Like there mm-hmm. is no amount of preparation for that, and they're both. They're both stars. Like it's, and they're I, both young. I don't even know how they are managing. <laughs> I I don't either. But um, but yeah. Again, so yeah. We thought this was very fitting to go along with today's episode. Yes, um, we can't oh, wait to dive yes. into that a little bit more. But before we do that, I'm so curious. I feel like we have probably the same captivation this week, but I I, I want to see what is your captivation. Uh, Starbucks pumpkin cream cold brew. Okay. Okay. You almost did what I had. So I'm glad that you I was so nervous because mine's Starbucks pumpkin cream chai. Oh, okay. That one's really good too. <laughs> okay. It, honestly, like it's great. 
it's great, mm-hmm. but it also just tastes like the normal chai with the pumpkin sweet cream cold foam I on think top. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so they I, were just like, we're just going to give it a name now. Yes, it is. That's what it is. Because I asked her, I was like, what is, I was like, what is it, what's in it that makes it like pumpkin cream? And she's like, oh, it's just the pumpkin cream cold foam. And I was like, oh, okay. So basically what we got all last <laughs> what, fall. What I've been getting. So like Starbucks cut me a check. I'm it's like, like, I added two pumps of vanilla to it as well. Mm, I didn't add vanilla so, this time. Oh, I actually got mine a dirty chai too, which I've never done before. It was so good. It was really good. But the pumpkin cream yeah. cold brew with almond milk is where it's at for me. Also, somebody told me that almond milk dilutes the flavor of pumpkin and oat milk is actually better for pumpkin, which I did not know. So that's very the interesting. The Starbucks employee actually told me that the other day too. Yeah, I was like, mine was at a local coffee shop. I was getting a pumpkin chai there because I was like, do you have pumpkin? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, you should try it with oat milk because almond actually like dulls the flavor. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, why has no one ever told me this? And he was like, I don't know. Yeah. So I tried it with oat and it was really, really good. Like I could definitely yeah. taste the pumpkin a little bit more. I don't like almond milk, so mm. it works out in my favor. I, I love oat almond milk. milk. I am not a nut person, so mm. that is why. And I've always just preferred oat, and that was what got – when they started making oat milk a thing, like that was what got me to be able to switch from milk to alternatives um, was that because I don't feel like it holds flavor, and that's what I want. I don't want my milk to have flavor Ooh, I to like it. Yeah, I like almond milk because it has a bit of a flavor, and it's really creamy. Oat milk is creamy too, but – Yeah, and that's all I wanted was the creaminess. I was like, I don't want any additional flavor because I want to be able to also – if I'm buying milk, I'm not just using it for coffee. I'm using it in multiple different things, like mm. food, and I don't want that taste to overpower any of the other ingredients that I'm using in those dishes. So that's why I also preferred oat milk. But yeah, the, the Starbucks employee told me that the oat milk satisfied um, the pumpkin chai. So I, I, it was a habitual thing for me to just get that, and I was glad that it, you know, he even recommended it. But yeah, um, I immediately wanted to fall asleep after I drank it, though. I know. I am Straight this, to bed. I'm literally the same way. I caffeine does absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. No. I'm actually more tired, but it I love coffee so much and like espresso and those kind of things. Like and I'm I like, should <sighs> be drinking a chai before I go to bed. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> I, pro- I but the fact that it makes me so tired yes, though. But that's not good for your cortisol levels. <laughs> <laughs> They're already fucked. That much caffeine that much caffeine right when you wake up and right when you go to sleep. <laughs> They've, they've, I don't think they've ever been normal. So like, what's the harm? Honestly, you're, yeah, yeah, it's probably, it's probably very true. But yeah, go Starbucks, go pumpkin, go fall. We're basic white girls. Literally, I don't even care. I love Labor Day's passed. We're done. It's fall now. So after Labor Day, I know it's not officially fall yet, but after Labor Day, I'm like, All the fall fall. decor is fine. Like the pumpkin candles are on. We are in cozy sweatshirts, even though it's a hundred degrees outside. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Well, we are so excited to do it in today's episode, like we were talking about earlier. We're talking about divorce, and we think this episode is really great because we've done an episode on divorce before. We cover like the more legal aspect of it, like prenups, how to file for divorce, all that stuff. And that was a really informative episode, and you gals loved it, that we wanted to bring someone else in to kind of talk about the emotional and spiritual side effects of divorce, and how can you get back out there after you you know, gone through a rough breakup. And I don't think this is only for people who have been married. I think this is something, if you have been like in a very long committed relationship, like five years plus, and you have really like just developed a life with this person and you're like, I haven't ever, like Hannah, for example, she's ever been on a dating app. I related so much to this episode though, just for my previous relationship. And it's definitely not just for people who are married, but also people who have gone through like a really tough breakup. Um, or feel like they're in a place where they're going to also go through that too. So. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I, I want this to be a motivational episode for you gals who are going through that rough patch. And you're just like, even if you haven't gone through it and you're thinking about, you know, breaking up or going through a divorce, this episode is also for you as well, too. So I hope you gals enjoy it. If you want uh, to listen to our other divorce episode, we'll leave it linked in the show notes. But we also have a whole catalog of different episodes regarding breakups that you can listen to on Apple, Spotify, wherever you stream podcasts. While you're there, please subscribe and give us a outstanding review. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. We'll also have reels and more content on our TikTok at The Gals Guide and our Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. You can also follow us on our personals at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. But we're going to get into this today's episode and we're going to do a couple sponsors really quick and then jump in. Alrighty, gals. So joining us today, she is a transformational therapist, award-winning author, and soul guide who has been featured in top publications and television such as Forbes, CBS, and ABC, as well as the host of the Dr. Karin Show. Everyone, please welcome Dr. Karin. Hi. It's such a pleasure to be here. Hi. I'm so excited about whatever whatever's going to happen and unfold today. You guys have such a great like. I was telling you them before, the synergy between y'all is just so cute. It's like sitting down with your besties and just, you don't know what's going to come out. And you're both so talented. Yeah. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And you're a fellow yeah. Southern gal. Yes. Yes. I'm in Atlanta. Yep. We love that. We love that. Yep. How is North, North Carolina? How's the yep. weather been? Like with like the, well, I think it's about to storm, um, so we may hear that. It's been hot as balls, just like where everybody lives. I mean, it's it's just has been. Like, it's, I can't wait till it's not 100 degrees, and I'm not like I, I'm just wearing beach attire. I'm like, if it feels like I'm at the beach, I'm, at the I'm beach. just literally I'm in like a beach dress, and I'm like, I could change, but I'm just gonna wear a cover up. So that's just what we're I love we're it. doing here. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's the same in North Carolina, right? It's so Anna, hot. It's so humid. Yeah. It's so humid. And I was telling someone at work today, I was like, you know what? We've had the wettest summer. I am hoping we have a snowy winter. Like that's all I want. I just want some snow. I want some, uh, not ice, not ice, just snow. But, uh, I have, I have this, yeah. all these hurricanes, like I have this weird feeling we're going to have a bad winter this year, but maybe not. I don't know. Cause we haven't had one in a really long time. My kids are, are really dying for a good snow, but you're right. It'd be nice to get some precip, but I agree. Like not the ice. I don't mm-hmm. want a bunch of pine trees falling down. Around well, the house, but, um. I moved to California to get away from all of that. And then we <laughs> just had a hurricane and I was like, this is literal, like this is karma or something. I don't know what is coming after yeah. me. Please go away. <laughs> I moved away from the South for this reason to escape these things. But oh my gosh. Yeah. What part of California? I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm in Southern California. So, yeah, we, when that hurricane came, I mean, we got about like, now for like, I used to live in Wilmington, so I, you know, I'm used to hurricanes. So we got like two inches of rain, which for me, that's, that's a puddle. That's nothing. Um, for here, that was, um, devastating. That was, uh, people (laughs) didn't know what to do. Like, so. Yeah, yeah, I just I stayed inside. Well, it's like us when we get two inches of snow in Atlanta. You're kind of like no one knows how to drive. It's, it's, no one it's what you're used to. <laughs> no one knows what to do. Yeah. Like all the milk and bread are gone, and I'm like, what are you using the milk for? Like what? What is happening? <laughs> We're not baking. We may be locked down for 24 hours, and we all freak <laughs> out. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really so funny. funny. I love it. <laughs> now now we now lockdown is our normal. So I have a feeling that everybody's going to be like round we'll two. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
we're prepared. <laughs> well, before we <sighs> jump into today's episode with you, because we we are so excited to talk to you, we are we are talking about you know the the happy topic of divorce. It's such a like yeah. <laughs> upbeat <laughs> topic, yeah. but I mean we we are going to make it upbeat because I mean like there are yeah. there are some you know, really amazing things that can come from divorce and a really transformational process that you go through after it as well. But we would love to know, is there anything that you're just like currently captivated by that we can share with the gals? You know what I am loving right now? Um, I love this question as a starter. I think it's it's awesome. Um, so in my ripe age, I have for some reason this year decided I was going to garden. Like it just you know, with the threat of maybe like apocalyptic happenings and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to see if I can do this. And I have, I bought this little like two by eight thing from Amazon and in, in my backyard. And I have been completely obsessed. Like I, I literally like just need a big giant hat and 12 cats at this point. Cause I'm like, I don't even care about going out anymore. Like I, I go down there and I'm like so excited. I'm like, did I get a cucumber? Today? And, and it doesn't help that. Yeah. There, it's just, anyway, there's cu- cu- cucumbers and tomatoes and I never would have thought that about me, but it's funny, like as you grow and just, there's something extremely satisfying and obsessive about things actually growing out and then you can actually mm-hmm. eat it. I'm literally, it's like, it's my happy place every day. So I mean, gardening. I already know that's what I'm going to be like when I get older, because I'm already like that with my house plants. Like I get so excited yeah. when they get a new leaf or if they get a new flower, yeah. like I just, just let me get up some property. Let me get some land. And I, <laughs> will be outside like gardening and like be so excited if I just get like a little tomato on the vine. <laughs> yeah. It is exciting. But I have like apparently a rabbit or something is like eating. So like it'll be there one day. The next day I go back and I think it's turned red and they're like gone. <gasps> They've eaten all my whatever it is, like tomatoes and peppers. But I'm like, okay, I'm feeding it back to the earth. I guess uh y'all enjoy. Hope hope you like the day. <laughs> That is, I'll serve a cheese board to y'all next weekend, but um, it, it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. Like my kids took completely laugh because I go down there every day and I talk to it. Cause yeah, you know, you're supposed you to know, speak. Like, yeah. They used to think it was the oxygenation, but it's really the love energy. So they say that your plants know when you're coming and the garden kind of knows and they kind of all like send energy to each other. So I'll go down I put the little leaves between my hand and I'm like, I love you so Aww. much. And, yeah. And I'm like, and I really feel like it's added to like the abundance because it really makes a difference. So that is so funny that you said that we just moved into a house and we have like a guard, like, well, it's like basically weeds. So we have to go down, but we have a garden down there. My husband's like, let's start planning. And Emily knows this, but I have a black thumb, kill everything. Like even the ones that aren't supposed to die. Um, so I'm, I'm also going to be diving into this with him and I have no idea what to expect. So I will, I will be the one that loves on the, loves on the plants. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's different outside because I kill a lot of, except for the plants that literally can't die. Like I kind of do the same and it's been better outside because thing, I mean, it just, you, the soil's already prepared. The sun's there already. Like it's not drying out because it will get rain. Mm -hmm. I I, I think you'll have more success. And some things will make it in some, I have one watermelon that's like, it's, it's so cute. And it's like, it's like the size of like a pool, a pool ball oh. right now. And it's just hanging out. So yeah. yeah, so I, fun. yeah. I'm like, I feel like yeah. you'll be better off like with like food and like vegetables. Like I feel like that that's, is where that's what we want to do. Yeah. And I want to do a pumpkin. I just want a pumpkin one, maybe more than one, oh my but God. like a pumpkin. <laughs> no, it doesn't shock me at you, all. And you'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be, you'll obsess. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love this. Hannah, we know your new goal for the rest of the year. So I'm so excited to see you on this journey, but you guys will definitely have to connect later on and like swap, like what seeds to get yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what should we plant? What time, what time yeah. of year do you, I don't even know when you plant things. Like I'm, I'm an, I, have I, no, I, don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't, all I know is 
they had them at the farmer's market. I'm like, all right, all right here we I'll go. take one of those. <laughs> and then I went to, to, I have no idea. So the other day, this, some guy was like, you know, you're going to have to rotate. I was like, I have no idea what, what you're is talking about. No, I don't. I have to move them around. I don't know. I'm like, all I know is so if I can do it, I promise. Like, so apparently there is a science yes. to it. And uh, yeah, it will learn as that's I go. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. And it will be magical. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Hannah getting like the manure and everything to keep the <laughs> harvest going. <laughs> listen, listen. Well, that's the cool thing because it's it's like worked into the soil you buy. So like you buy the soil, oh. it's already done. You know what mm. I mean? And then you just pour it yeah. and it has all of the stuff go. already in it. So you kind of you kind of can't there, mess yeah. up. There yeah. you go. I have I like, faith. I like that. I have faith I like in that. both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, like I said earlier, we are talking with Karen about divorce the lovely beautiful topic and i think this is a topic that we have we have tackled it before but we tackled like the legality side of it like what happens like you know like with prenups and like how do you uh, file for divorce that's the worst part the yeah. boring yeah. stuff yeah, the yeah. Worst part. but yeah we didn't really touch on the emotional side and the spiritual side of it and i think that that is the really like the key of it all because i mean this is not like an typically like a very easy decision that someone like makes like and you know you, you you get up there, you say your vows in front of everybody, and you promise that you're going to be there till the end of time. And then something happens, it doesn't work out. And you're kind of like, I feel like I've had a lot of friends that have gone through divorce. And I was with, I was literally by my friend's side as she was um, filing for divorce and like moving through all of that. She got married when she was, um, when she was 21, got divorced at 30. And it was not like an easy decision for her. And I was constantly like being her support system for it. And I saw how much of a stress it took on her and how much of a toll it was. And I don't think it's a topic that is necessarily talked about a lot um, in media and online with just casually with friends because, I mean, you you don't want to always have to think about that. You don't want to go into a marriage thinking, Oh, we're going to get divorced. You know, that's no one wants to think about that, but it is something that people should talk about more. So that was what I was really hoping for us to get out of today's uh, conversation and hope that the gals can, you know, not feel so alone if they are going through any of these um, feelings or any of these um, decision makes decision making processes um, in their relationship. But um, I know. Yeah, and I'll say I'll interject yeah. there too that I mean some big breakups can feel like divorces. oh absolutely so that, I mean it's divorce but I've been through I mean I've been divorced I've been divorced twice so we we got a lot to unpack so and I've had relationships in between that felt very much they didn't have the legal component mm-hmm. but like it just depends on certain things we can unpack but it depends on your investment and your identity to that relationship the impact of how emotionally significant it's going to feel for you so those of you that have had big breakups that like you didn't get the attention that friends that had divorces like it's besides illegal it can feel exactly the same because you're what you're feeling is, is grief and all the other things but yeah where where, where do you want to go i mean we can talk about a lot <laughs> let's let's start off with that because i mean in some way and i i had my friend who had divorced she told me that when she was going through it that you know like it was it was like a grieving like a lost friend you know because you are having to put to bed something that you know you thought was going to last forever and mm. it for them didn't end on good terms. So, you know, they had no contact after that divorce and mm. she had to really mourn that loss of a person in her life that was so consistent in her day to day. And I, do you feel like, I don't know, I don't know about what your experience, I would love to know. Um, for some people, I think on the outside, when they hear that a couple is going through a divorce, it's shocking. They don't see it coming, but on internally, you know, for her, it was something that was going like on for like a year or more. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can you walk yeah. us through like how that looked for you? Yeah. Um, there, so yes, it often is years before. And, um, sometimes it comes out of the blue if you find out about an affair mm. or, you know, sometimes you're staying around in a toxic situation because, you know, there, there's the, the main thing is there's just a lot of guilt and shame, <laughs> got a lot of guilt and shame around it, especially for our re- re- really religious people, which um, I was, and, um, it's, you are grieving. And then the, the really important thing to point out if, if you're in the middle of it is, even if the situation wasn't ideal, what you're really grieving is, is what you thought was going to happen. Right. So you're grieving a situation, but you, like we, especially women, we create this, we just create a fairy tale. Of course you do. That's why you go in, you have hope and you've created the number of kids, the number of dogs, well, you know, all where you're going to vacation and, and letting go of that is it's, it's very much like a death at actually at times it feels actually worse than mm-hmm. a death because the person dies to you, but then they have a life that you get, you witness. And it's, it's very surreal, especially if your identity really was wrapped around being married to that person, you identified as their wife or partner. And, um, you know, that for me was, it, it, and nobody explained it to me that way. And, and it's, it was what catalyzed me going back to school and doing what I do now because I really wanted to understand it because it, it nobody plans for it. Of course not. Of course you don't plan yeah. for it. I mean, people later will get prenups and as people get older and maybe do round two or round three, like there's more of a consciousness about it, but nobody is prepared for it. And that's the big piece. And it is, I've, I've since then I've become like the, the go-to, I mean, I actively have, I think three friends of friends calling me right now, like that are going through it. And, you know, I'm like the landing place. Cause I seem to know more than most people because of my experience. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, I also was married right out of college, literally like I met my, my, my husband in, in college, he was a baseball player and he was about, he was in the minor leagues and I was about to graduate. I had a really toxic home life and I didn't want to go home. And so when he asked me to marry him, I was in love. I mean, nobody could have prevented it. He was 20. I was 20. I, I mean, it looking now, like my kids are 15. I'm like, you know, um, but I have two 15 year olds now and a 13 year old, but, uh, so I've come full circle so I can talk about this with a lot of wisdom and grace and I don't carry the shame anymore, Mm. but it it took me a really long time to drop Mm. that shame. It's especially being raised in the church. Um, but we had a very church wedding. Like my, my mom was like a pastor later and my, they both like were in the church and it was very like no alcohol, like very, it was church of God. And it was just very, all the things. And, um, he ended up making, he was up in Atlanta brave. And so we had this very just big life and, um, I became really well known here in Atlanta and it was just wide and big. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, it took, that was an element that really kind of, it was like a tidal wave came and I was in this big world. And then it was very public that he was really unfaithful. And there was also some abuse, which has also been made public. And eventually, um, there was pregnancies and it it was pretty catastrophic on, on the continuum, Mm -hmm. right? Like this isn't the norm, what I went through, but um, it, it, it really shattered my world. Like I didn't expect that marriage to end. I was very much in love with him. He was very much in love with me. He just, we were young and that fame was like a tidal wave of temptation and, you know, baseball players, um, and I won't belabor that the sports thing, but they're traveling, like they have a game like every day. Mm, yeah. So the temptations are, and he was like 22, 23, oh, yeah. 24, 25. I date, I and, frequently yeah, date just, actors and musicians. So I, I know that yeah. feeling very, very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> similar. Right. So you're dealing with a similar, right. So you've got all the stuff and, you know, and you know, what's funny is I actually couldn't even leave him. Like I called him and I called him and I called him and I was so tied to that marriage and that commitment that like, even though it was like, 
I mean, now I look back and I'm like, what was I doing? But <laughs> I mean, there was, there were so many women coming out of the woodwork and pregnancies, but, um, he actually had to leave me and, um, uh, he left me for a girlfriend. It was well publicized. He had impregnated a Hooters waitress. It was this whole thing. And, um, and so I was really humiliated and, um, I went into like depression. And so all this stuff, my like world came crumbling down. And so for a lot of you, and I'm just going to go deep for a second, because there are going to be some women. I, I wrote a book later called The Fatherless Daughter Project. So I'm showing this because if this if this resonates with anybody, grab this book. Um, what ended up happening was any childhood trauma that I had that was linked to my father or mm-hmm. loss, which is what happened, came up. So I'm just going to touch on that. We can go back to it. If yeah. not, but if, if you're going through it and you have unhealed childhood trauma around the loss of a bond with your parent or somebody just checked out or wasn't there. Um, it comes up when you get divorced because you've probably shoved it and acted like everything was okay. So that's what happened for me. And so I eventually, um, and I'm skipping years, but I eventually went back to school cause I wanted to really understand. I mean, I went through depression and just a horrible phase and I was rounding 30 at the time and um, I just I never thought life was going to be the same. So the good news is I ended up, so the good news <laughs> is that, you know, my victory was, you know, after all of that, I decided to find purpose in it. And so I went back and got my doctorate. And then um, what I found not only with me, but with many friends is that very often after a big relationships ends, you'll kind of swing back the other way and marry or maybe not marry, but date. Sometimes you'll date someone either just like them or you'll like go to another extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Because, you know, so I ended up then marrying, uh, yeah, and I wanted to have kids and my talk with my clock was ticking. I mean, I was getting then to my mid Oh, yeah. So that pressure on top of that is just increasing uh, it. I want to have, yes. And so, you know, I found someone that was like country club and stable and old Atlanta. Like it was a very opposite Mm -hmm. life. And um, we ended up, after much ado, we ended up having three kids back to back. And the problem was that the um, relationship was not solid. And I really like, I gave him an ultimate, it was one of those like ultimatum situations. And, you know, we both wanted kids and, um, I wish I hadn't thought I needed to get married to have Mm. the kids, but it's where I was. And, um, then I thought that the life was going to in like inject the relationship with what was missing, which was really like a deep love. And I mean, we had kids and, I believe in soul contracts. So I, I think we came together. I know, I know we came together to have my amazing children. I wouldn't change mm-hmm. it. But at the end of the day, like you can't hide what's not right. And when you're not really, we just weren't meant to stay together for a really long time. It got super not good. Like we ended up living on opposite sides of the house. It just, yeah, it, you know, when you, you go out of alignment, if you're in alignment, you know it. And if you're out of alignment, you, you've got to both work on getting mm-hmm. back there and relationships you know, ebb and flow. But when you go so far out of alignment that you literally cannot even be in the same space. I mean, there's a, we just grew totally different directions. And, you know, I stayed for years because I was so ashamed. Like, are you, I didn't want to get divorced once I'm sitting here. I'm like a PhD. Everyone in town knows me. I'm like out there trying to heal women. And the shame that I felt that I was going to get divorced again, like I swallowed it and I swallowed it. And I got sick all the time. My kids were getting sick oh, all the time. Yeah. It was, it was just a very toxic. It just wasn't good for both of us. And um, there were a bunch of events that happened that finally catalyzed that. Like it, it just, it finally in the end, like we just blew up, and both of us were like, we cannot keep doing this. And so, you know, what I did determined was determined in that 
at that time, my kids were really young, but I was like, you know, I grew up in an environment where love was not real healthy and I repeated it twice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did not want to teach my kids that, you know, you're teaching your kids about love absolutely, Mm -hmm. and your kids are going to get a version of you that they're going to remember in that relationship. And so as hard as this was, and it was hard, like years of tear, I mean, still, it's still hard, but this one's been like eight years now. Um, but you know, I, what I keep telling them is you're getting, and I'm skipping over years and years and years, but in a nutshell, what I'm telling them is, you know, you're getting a much better version of of mommy and you're going to probably get a better version of dad. And I really want you to see what love is. And this is not what I want. I don't want you repeating this. I'm going to break, even though it means it's my second, I'm not going to continue this cycle because I got, I want you guys to, to, to know what love is. So now I'm, I've had some relationships, but I'm like single girl now. And so it's okay. They're getting like all of me right now. And so, you know, my garden is, is my person kind of, I'm like loving and on they're it. Getting a, it and they're getting a happy version yeah. of you, a happy and yes. healthy version of you mm-hmm. at the end of the day, which I think is more important than anything, because I mean, that was like always like a fear. Um, I think like for a lot of kids like my age, like growing up was, you know, they saw their parents in relationships and it's almost like, yeah, like so-and-so's parents are divorced, but it's almost harder when you see two parents that aren't divorced and probably should be divorced. And it almost inflicts more pain sometimes like on the kids. And so, I mean, I think that's so amazing and like responsible and healthy that you were able to like even notice that and make the decision for the sake of your children and for the sake of yourself as well too so I, I commend you on that because I know that it definitely was probably not an easy decision to make oh at all. my god no years yeah. years mm-hmm. years and no and it's still not like you you just it's kind of like you just like anything that you lose whether it's the big job you thought um a, a death a loss through death or a relationship like you, it, it's, a, it's not, you never get over mm-hmm. the, I mean, you just integrate it, right? Like when it, when it's a significant traumatizing loss, like it's like if, when you lose a parent or you, you just, you, you integrate it. Right. So for me, it's just integrating. Like, I, I don't, I, I wish all the time. I wish I had another partner here. Like, I mean, you know, when you're single, oh, like absolutely. stuff breaks. Yeah. But you know, I feel pretty badass right now. Like I'm like, you know, I now once you get past and if you're in it, like it the depression's real and we can unpack that, but the grief is real. You gotta get support, 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 yeah. support, ask people for what you need. Not everyone's gonna understand you. People that have never been near divorce are gonna say stupid shit like, Oh, you're pretty, you're gonna find another man again. Like that's not your divorce <laughs> support friend. No. Your divorce <laughs> support friend is gonna sit there with a bottle of whatever with you or whatever you mm-hmm. want, a cup of giant mug of coffee, and they're gonna let you just, you know, bang on, on your emotional wall and, and do it until you're done doing it. When your friend gets worn out, make sure you get your therapist. Mm -hmm. If you've been through trauma work, if you've been through trauma, do some trauma work. But the beautiful part is then it starts feeling equally as tragic as liberating, especially if the situation was not ideal. And so you get like, it's almost like the sun will peak through the clouds. It'll go away. You know, you can't listen to certain music anymore for a while, just like any breakup. But then it's like, like now I'm like, I feel so strong and all like, I'm, I am, I'm so much happier. My friends that have like men problems and I love being married. Like, obviously I've done it twice, but I mean, it's, I'm, I'm all for, yeah. I'm all for, I love it. So don't think that I'm, I'm pro-divorce cause I'm not, but I'm like, I, it's, it's, I feel so just independently strong. Like, I don't have Absolutely. anyone, I don't have any, it's just, it's me. 
and I get to do whatever I want and get up whenever I want and make whatever I want and all that. So that's, that's the, the good, happy ending. You get to put the sheets from the bed that you want. You get to wear what you want. Nobody gets to tell you what to do. You can change your dishes. <laughs> you can yeah, decorate the house stuff. how you want. Like, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I'm yeah. re- going back to the support. Uh, was that something that was really important to you in order to like walk away from your divorce stronger and feeling more empowered or was there anything else that also helped to contribute to that oh so many things and it's the work i do now i don't primarily work with primarily work with divorce but i mean inevitably women 90 percent of my clients are women that are going i've just gotten through a divorce um so yes the support i just can't say it enough i mean i used to do um hardcore therapy now i do more life coaching which is more future oriented Um, but I'm a big fan of therapy. I'm a big fan of trauma work. Just, there's so many modalities. Um, I will tell you, so, you know, I will say in, in this book that I wrote, we, uh, found out like the best coping skills. So I'll say it cause it's what yeah. also worked for myself. Like number one was support with friends. Um, and number two was music. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, yeah. It's all Hannah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, Hannah's music like, I got is, you. Di- yeah. I got you divorced galleys. <laughs> Music is I everything. Mean, I will tell you, BB King. Yes, BB King at the time. Now this was years ago, but I put on a BB King album, um, or it's, at the time it was a CD, on repeat, and just I would just I would just let that music move through me and just let it all out. I loved I love it at the time. I got into country because we didn't listen to country, so country didn't trigger me, but it just like helped me cry. Um, yeah, divorce dogs are great. I have two dogs that I've gotten after breakups. You know, getting an animal an animal has a vibration of it's much higher. That's why you love being with the animal. It will raise, you know, your, your essence, your consciousness. And when you're in depression, your, your energy level is just super low and contracted. Um, right. So exercise, obviously I started Pilates. That was a game changer. I started yeah. uh, doing bar classes after um, I went through like a really traumatic breakup and it was like revolutionary for me because I had often said like one, it was getting, my body moving and getting my energy up and my serotonin yeah. up but also for an hour that like a day I didn't have to like constantly be thinking and like uh I had someone tell me what to do like I wasn't like just drowning in my own thoughts like I had something to focus on and to put my attention to and it felt, felt like it gave me like a sense of like purpose in that way Mm-hmm. that's exactly how I describe it. I'm like, I, you think about, cause there's so many things you're doing because bars a lot like Pilates cause there's so many little yeah, nuances good. with yeah. your muscles. And then, so, yes. And it's like, and your body is like, thank mm-hmm. you. We weren't like slamming cortisol through our system. You got that, that serotonin mm-hmm. release. You, your mental mind, God gave you a break. Yes. Yoga, anything where you have to really concentrate where you can't be mindless is, is, su- is super good. And for a while, like I ran like the, when I was super angry, if you're really angry about it, um, and this, this is a funny story. So my, my first ex, um, he, Coke was one, he got sponsored by Coke. And, uh, so we had a Coke machine in our basement and, um, it had his picture on it. It was like, and y'all are gonna think I'm crazy, but it's a great story. <laughs> it was like a six foot tall version of him. And I was pissed at the time. Oh, I mean, I was pissed. You can imagine. So I'm taking a bath. <laughs> and I would just, yeah, no, I would just, I literally, I would kick his man part. I mean, <laughs> And that machine would pop in and out, in and out, in and out. One day they were like, we want the Coke machine back during the divorce. I was like, all right, come. And I mean, the, the havoc that had been wreaked on his midsection, I was like. Free therapy right there. (laughs) That is, that is, that's amazing. That's amazing. My point is boxing. If you're, if you're angry, 
box run, anything that where you literally are like somatically really. So that was, and I love it because it's, I mean, yeah, we can all relate to that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that energy is you got to move it. There's a lot of research right now behind the somatic move, meaning, meaning body movement of moving that energy through your body. So the worst thing you can do is try to be strong for your kids. If you have kids or just like completely isolate yourself and avoid all the feelings because you, you will end up getting sick. I'm just, I fully believe it will make you sick. Mm. So that energy, because it causes dis-ease in the body and um, it manifests, I mean, in a lot of ways. And um, you've got to move it and it doesn't have to take that long, but you're feeling that way. I mean, it's stretching, running, any of that, like, and those good cries, those banging on the floor, like, sitting in your car, screaming, pounding on the steering wheel, it actually is extremely cranking the music up. It's very healing and necessary for your body. So don't avoid that Well, and you're feeling this vibrations through your body too, and almost like shaking it out of you too. So I think that that Mm -hmm. also, for me, I noticed like whenever, because I am notorious for just constantly screaming in my pillow. One, just so like my neighbors don't think I'm dying and getting murdered. Yeah, yeah, because you're in a building, yeah. so you can't. Um, and also, don't want to worry, like you know, anybody around me. But um, yeah, it, for sure. it just—I always—I've never been like a huge crier, and that has just always been something like you know, it really takes a lot to get that emotional release out of me. But I notice if I let the anger out first in that way, then it's much easier to get to that next phase of emotion for me. And so like, it is. Yeah. And there's a scale of consciousness that um, Michael Dawkins did 30 years of research on what, what place of consciousness certain emotions are. And the lowest in, on the scale is, is shame and guilt, right? You're, you're the most contracted. There are actually numbers applied to each emotion and it's like an inverted triangle. And shame and guilt sit at the bottom and um, peace, joy, and love are at the very top. So it's like basically like a 20 to a 500 Mm. and you expand, but halfway up the scale is anger. And it's, it's at like, I think it's an 80 or a hundred. I don't know exact, but so the point is if you can get, get to that Mm -hmm. place and you're not like, it pulls you up through depression. Anger is a really good place. It means you're moving. Depression is part of it. But once you get to anger and let that move that, like you just said, it actually gets you to, to where you can expand to acceptance and then back to self-love and, mm. and joy and all, all the things that you really want to feel yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's such a cliche that I, but I feel like a lot of people always say like when they go through breakups, they, you know, they go through their like, you know, depression, that denial phase of it. And all the girls are like, yeah. I just want you to get to the anger phase. I just want you to get to the revenge yeah. phase and everything. But it's a real thing. Like oh, yeah. you're getting closer to accepting it. You're getting closer to that self-love and that joy again. So thank you for mentioning that. I think that's great. I had no idea that that was actually a thing that, um, Oh yeah, I can send it to you. It's like the basis Please, of all my work. Yeah. It's, it's because, because it's, it's, it's proven, right? It's proven and you can see where you mm-hmm. are. And what women carry the most is guilt. Like what's just what we were slathered on. We watched our moms do it. And, you know, we feel guilty about the breakup. Why we we like overanalyze the last phone call and why didn't we do enough of this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, and so when you're at a place of guilt, you're in, you're, you're sitting at a, at a 20, which is literally zero's depth. So you're like here your body's not meant to to stay there. That's why it feels so bad. And you can't be creative. Mm. You can't fall in love. You can't be, you can't find happiness. But when you find those moments and once you eventually start staying up at more self-love and joy and peace, like when you have those moments where you're laughing hysterically with your friends, 
shame and guilt and anger, none of that can be, can't reside there because the consciousness is a very different level. Mm. So it actually cannot enter your body. And so if you, if, if that interests y'all look up scale of consciousness, it's Michael Dawkins, you, you'll find a million images of it. And just, you can just look at where you are and what's really contracting and what's expanding and take, re- take responsibility for really trying, this is the work that I do every day for trying to achieve the higher levels, because when you're there, like you attract, and then you become a magnet for more of that. And you can attract a person mm-hmm. then that has more of that consciousness in their field to match you. Cause you're always attracting what well, you are. Speaking of that, yeah. exactly. I mean, you talk so much about like a, alignment and attracting like a soulmate. Can you like touch on that? Like, what does that process uh, even back? Yeah. Cause like, let's say like, you know, we're, we're done, we're through the divorce, you know, we are ready to start getting back out there. How do we start doing that? I love that part of the work. It's so it's so awesome. Yeah. I have like a zillion YouTube video- videos on it. So if y'all want to see that, you can go to my channel, but it's, um, it's about what I was talking about and that is being responsible. So I'm going to use the words vibration. Your vibration is actually just your emotional state. You know, you have an aura of energy around you. It's about three meters. It's also called a Merkaba and, um, science shows that this is not woo. This is proven. You carry an energetic field. So, you know, when someone walks by yeah. you or walks in a room and you're like, eh, like you're picking up on their energetic field and what is in that field are all their thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and primarily those, those emotions are what are radiating. So, you know, if you're having a shitty day and you're, you yelled at somebody in the morning, when you walk out, it's very likely you're going to trip over something walking out. Someone's going to cut you off in traffic. Like you, you attract what you are. And so you attract a very jagged day. So once you understand that you're actually responsible for your energy field, and this is going to feed into your question, um, it is up to you again, have your trauma therapy, have your good cry, do, do that work. You've got to move those emotions. But once you are through the, the messy mm-hmm. and not that messy can't come back because you will get triggered and oh, Christmas yeah. might suck and your birthday might, I mean, it, it's going to happen and it's okay. Give yourself grace every time. It's, it's, it's part of the process. Um, knowing that I am responsible for my vibration. I, nobody can actually make you feel a certain way and stay a certain way. That's all a choice. It's conditioning. So I really want to attract a partner that is at a higher vibration, a higher state of consciousness. So I want to look at how can I bring myself up more to joy and happiness and love in my life and maintain that frequency because what you're doing then is you are sending out a magnetic attraction to attract somebody that's also done some of that work. And that is also vibrating, emanating, whatever glowing word you want to put on it at that same level of consciousness. Because, you know, as we know, we all know that you attract the same kind of guy. I know I was always like the narcissistic, like bad boy. And yeah, Emily. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But no, I I, mean, I I understand it completely because it I went through a really defining um kind of not breakup because we weren't officially like together, but it was a situation where I was constantly back and forth with this person. And then this year yeah. it I knew that and Hannah I think also knew that I would eventually walk away from the situation the moment I've had enough. And I didn't know when that would be, but it was this year that an instant happened. And I was like, this is my threshold. I have had enough. I cannot put up with this any longer. And I think as a whole, I did a lot of reflecting and was like, I don't want to put up with, like, why am I so scared to like be, you know, put up, like, set me about, say my boundaries, like, you know, assert my standards, just be more assertive in what I want and what I, what I wanting a partner, what I want all my life and everything and just go for it. And if that's not what the person wants, then then that's not my person clearly. And I just said, 
fuck it. I'm 30. I'm, I, I don't have time for this anymore. I am just, I'm, don't want to put up with this anymore. And I really just have taken like a huge break from dating just to kind of really get to know myself on a, like a deep, deep level into what I actually really want. That way I can help to attract the person that is going to be everything that I need and um, a partner. What, what do you think shifted? What do you think shifted in you? Like what, what did you, what I spent way too much did. money on the person. That was the one thing for money. sure. I realized how much effort, not not just money, but how much effort and energy I was constantly giving into this potential um, relationship. And then it was just so obviously thrown in my face of how much they were giving. I was giving 100% and they were giving 10%. And I was like, I am now, it got to the point where I was like, I am now embarrassed. You've now embarrassed yeah. me. That is the one thing with any relationship. I'm like, that's my one rule. It's like, just don't embarrass me. And now I feel ashamed. Yeah. I am done. Mm. That is the lowest point in consciousness, by the way. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> See, there we yeah. go. <laughs> well, and I, well, and what I was getting at is, I mean, it's true. But what I was, what, what actually shifted in you was your self-value. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Because you're giving all yeah. that. And so it's, there's a shift in self-worth because what you realize is I'm like worth more than this. Like, because we devalue ourselves and we think and we give and we all those things. I know I've, I've done it same so many times and, and I'm the same as you right now. I'm in like a kind of a sabbatical and it, and it's that like, I am worth more than I'm giving so much away and my cup is not being yeah. filled. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I heard yeah. you say. It's a hundred and then 10, nothing. Like, so it was the, it was the self-worth and that, I mean, that, that is the piece a hundred percent of the time for women that, that, I mean, it, it's because we put up with, we just do, we put up with so yeah. much, especially if you've had the pattern, because when you have that pattern, it's normalized because yep. you, you, that's what love is for you. Right. So it, it literally somatically your body thinks this is normal. I know. I mean, that's where I was and you looking in, like you're saying you're embarrassed, but for you, it was normal, yeah. but you know, logically looking in, it makes no sense, but your emotional body, you get kind of addicted to a certain, um, and that's a strong word, but let's just say used to you, you chemically get used to, and I'm not saying you, but yeah. a lot of us, uh, I know, cause I did, there's a cycle with that and you know, that the body gets very used to. And so we normalize it. And it's almost like I had to go through literally a detox. Like I have to detox cause I'm repeating this again and I'm like you, like I was feeling like so devalued and it's, it's really hard to make that choice because you don't know if you're going to find anybody. Mm-hmm. That's always oh, yeah. it. Like I'm going to be alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm humiliated. Oh my God. And then, and then what if I should have done something more and all those things. But I promise you, Emily, like that shift is going to be so, and you know this, that's why you did it. Your, your higher self knows this. It's going to be so monumental because then it re it's like you have to go through almost a deconstruction or at least I did. And I watched a lot of women go through it of the beliefs and the system it's like you have to like take the building down and then build it back up it doesn't have to take mm-hmm. forever but um i mean in a structure that's like i have boundaries now that are going to reflect my self-love and i no longer and this is a lot about stepping into divine feminine that that's a big buzzword right now but it's it is that holding space for for your self-worth which you were born mm-hmm. doing but these relationships have like normalized something that is different and the reason why it feels so bad is because your body's like what are yeah. we doing yeah <laughs> Yes. And I remember, I remember this happening, sobbing to Hannah about it. And I'm just like, if she has the sweetest face on right now, I can see this friend, I can see the friendship. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> keep going. But I'm like, I can see the love between y'all. Hannah's over here like, yes, I remember. Like, I love it. 
It's so sweet. I'm like sitting on the floor, puddle of tears, sobbing to Hannah about this. And I, I, just being like, if she came to me with the same exact situation, I would not be encouraging this. Like I would not why why am I allowing this to continue? Whereas if this was happening to her, I would immediately be furious and yeah. want a stop to this because yeah. I know that she is worth more than that. And how would mm-hmm. how dare you like allow someone to treat you that poorly? And it's like, why am I not talking to myself in that same way? And so I, I yeah. use that like as a wake up call to be like, I, I I'm I'm just done. I'm done. That's so huge. Mm-hmm. And so what you did there is you made a shift into logic instead of staying in the emotion of the relationship because logically, and that, that was good. That was a strong point for you because your emotions had gotten, and I know, cause I've done it many times, but once, so that's awesome. You had that aha moment when you saw that you were like, I would never want my best friend to go yeah. through this. Like I have to treat myself as my own best friend. And even though it's so freaking uncomfortable and scary because now I got to start over and it's, yeah, it's a very yeah. vulnerable, but so brave. I, I, I love that phrasing that you just did. And thank you. I, Cause mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us often forget to treat ourselves as our own best friends because, and, and that not wording specifically as like, because there is so much that I would do for my best friends. There's so much I would do for Hannah that I don't always do for myself in many different facets of my life. And I'm like, that is the energy that I want to bring to uh, the rest of my life <laughs> is treating myself yeah. like I am my own best friend and how would I want, like I am always constantly cheering Hannah on and every different mm-hmm. facet of her life. Why am I not doing the same for myself sometimes? And really just moving that energy yeah. forward, I think is really beautiful. Yeah. You know, one of the things I would say to myself um, in my first divorce or any relation where there was a lot of cheating and, um, or just, it's like, we just kept cycling. And so the way I did that for myself was I I literally would sit down, same thing. Like I would logically be like, Karn, what is the, like, he would come back and love bomb, you know? Oh yeah. All the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And then I would, I would literally, you know, all the, I love you. They're only do this because I love you so much. And, you know, just messes with your brain. And then I literally would sit down. And so my phrase was, what is the end of the story? So I'd be like, Karn, what is the end of this story? I know mm. today there are all the things. What is the, what do you know? And this is why I walk clients do. What do you know to be true? And what is the end of the story? Mm. Cause we know how this is yeah. going to end. So it's like a, it's that, it's that bringing the logic back in. Like, and so it's like going into your gut, your, 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 um, your second brain is in your gut. That's where your intuition is. Right. And your intuition knows. Yeah. So luckily it, it trumps the emotional monkey mind that can be fooled into thinking, well, maybe this time and maybe this time, you know, sisters, there's a thing. It's either situational. I agree. Somebody can mess up once. Oh my gosh. And then they realize how they hurt you. Let's reframe. Let's build it. Hannah's like, I know this way too well. (laughs) I know this story way too well. well. (laughs) If it is a pattern. Oh, it's so bad. And and I feel personality. Yeah. I feel like I noticed too. So like I was in a relationship, I'm married now, but I was in a relationship prior for five years. And it was one of those things where we were back and forth for so long. And I would do the whole breakup tour and I would go tell everybody, Oh, we're done. We're not together. And then I would be like, well, just kidding. We are. And then like, I would yeah. like, I, I, it's so funny to look at like that relationship versus this relationship. Cause I used to like post all these like crazy lovey dovey long paragraph things on like my social media to like present that everything was fine. When in reality I knew it wasn't, I don't even know the last time I posted anything about my husband, love him to death. But like we like, we're, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's so, like, I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, honestly, probably like, is. I'm not trying to, I don't feel the yeah. need Proof. to like prove that we love each other and that we're together and that he cares about me 
And I felt like I needed to do that in the past. And it was just funny because when I finally got to my breaking point, I like did the tour with my friends and I was like, okay, so here's what I'm thinking. This is, these are the reasons why I think I should get out. And everyone's like, finally, (laughs) like you got yourself there. Emily was like, yep. My parents were like, my parents and I sat down at the bar before I was like at the bar in the kitchen before I was going to go over to his house to end it. And they were like hyping me up. They were like, you got this stick to your gut. Like. Just it was really great, but I mean, but yeah, I was ready to go over there with a with a knife (laughs) and like you know a blowtorch, but you know they took that away from me. But it's just one of the and I think and I told Emily this and I've said it on the podcast a million times. There was a lot of like people who weren't obsessed with us being together, so I think part of it was like I need to prove that I'm right and that all these people are wrong. And then when I swallowed that pride and was like, you know what, actually, like I deserve way more than this, and it was like. I mean, for like, like you said earlier, like a year, I was kind of like, what is going on? Like, this is not, this is not it. And so, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. And it's weird to see the, like, how different my life is now and how I, how I protect my love and how like, it's special to me. And I don't feel the need to like, Uh, I mean, I do post like, I'm like, I love him, whatever. But, (laughs) but like, but you just had so many, so many people had aha moments hearing that though, because we do that. And I've done the same thing. It's like, if you just script it well enough and you just present it, like you'll convince them. Right. And then when we broke up, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like when we broke up and I did tell people, everyone was like, what? Like it was such a shock to them. You look so happy. You look so happy. What do you mean? We loved you guys. We loved. And then they, then it turns into that whole get, well, like now I've ruined all these friendships and now like, no, now they're going to be friends. And I have to watch this unfold. I don't know. It's weird. So, but yeah, it's yeah. very odd. But the pride of it too. I mean, like that I'm sure is even, even more intensified like when you're married because it's like you want to be able to prove that, you know, you, you did the right thing. You took a mm-hmm. vow in front of people and you, I feel like I know a lot of couples who got in my life, at least who got married young and it's like deep down, they know they probably shouldn't be together, but they're like, we're too deep now that we can't yeah. do anything, yeah. say anything. And so they stay married, which uh, like we've said before, like sometimes, especially if you have children down the line, like it's not always like the healthiest decision for anyone in that dynamic. Um, but yeah, there's that, 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 that it's, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, and the, the decision, you know, takes such gut wrenching and you do, you will lose friends. And people will not agree. And believe me, I have so many, I just started like, so I was so ashamed of being divorced twice. Like I, this is the first year this podcast tour I'm on. I, I said, I, we're just going to lead with it. I'm like, I am so tired of hiding behind it. Cause I would be on like a live and then somebody would Google me. And then all of a sudden some, and it's always, it's usually men. I don't, they, I would, I trigger men. So, and they'd be like, Oh, look at her. She heard she's been divorced twice. Yeah. Way to be an expert, which is exactly what I was afraid mm-hmm. of. Right. So now I am like so much more like that wouldn't bother me now, but it is, you know, people can be really mean and you'll hear stuff. And it's like, it's literally, so it's that self-love piece and it's returning. So that's why those supporters, like you guys are so important because look, everybody's going to have an opinion. You're going to trigger whatever childhood trauma breakup, you know, especially people that are in crappy marriages that are actually angry that you got out that can never admit it. And they're going to project all that on you. So, you know, you're going to get projection you're going to get projected on by women that are afraid it's going to be, you know, catching and they don't ever want to invite you to their house again. I mean, it, there's, a, there's so many layers yeah, to yeah. it. 
but it is, it is a consistent for me and I have a lot of practice now at it, but I mean, look, I may be older, but I'm still, I feel like I'm like still like 20. Like you still, it's, it's not like you're going through different things. You just know more. Like you still feel, yeah. you still want to date. You still want to be kissed. You still want to hold hands. Like yeah. you're, you're not, not that much changes. You just, you get more confidence if you choose to do the work. And so I am always returning to like when, when people are hating or, or I don't get invited, there's a lot of, you don't get invitations to a lot of things anymore. Cause you're not a, you don't, I'm not a couple. Um, I am so in love with who I am and I will just sit and like love on myself, like the opposite of what we were saying we don't do. I, I do a lot of mirror work where I tell myself I love myself, you know, and my besties, which have gotten fewer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know thousands of people, but like my three, like ride mm-hmm. or die on those days that it's horrible. I'm like, tell me why I'm like, <laughs> I need you to send me oh a God. voice memo. You tried to call me, right. Tell me, yeah. Tell me why not to respond. You know, so none of that changes, but, but, but it's, it's, it's that grounding and, and the time between like the, 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 the bottoming out when I used to get like completely bottomed out, which would last months, sometimes years. Now it's like, like I've got it down to weeks, days, sometimes hours. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, that's what the practice and the things that like I work on with women, that's the goal, right? You're still going to get triggered, but your self-love is going to be so much Mm -hmm. bigger that literally those emotions, they just can't stay for long because you're resonating up here consistently. And then you attract a partner that like loves that side of you. Yeah. And is like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And wants to celebrate it. And I mean, I mean, look what Hannah found, like you've got, and I saw your wedding pictures. There was, Oh, thank you. Um, on your feed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, and you find that and that's there, but you're, but we're blocking it when we're holding those relationships that, that aren't serving that you're, you're blocking, you're blocking that arrival. Oh, yeah. Now I'm not simplifying divorce because I, you know, work on it, but if, if both parties are not willing to work on it, I, it, it, it's, it's, that's a really tough yeah. deal, but you know, as long as we're holding and gripping and attaching to what, cause what we, what we attach to is what we think is going to happen, mm-hmm. or we think they're going to return to who they were in the beginning, yeah. you know? And so we're just literally attached. Yeah. And it's like, if we can just let go and it's so hard, but I mean, you just did it, Emily, I just did it too, uh, uh, almost a year ago, but it's like you are creating that space that kind of becomes like a vacuum energy. Once you you start having that self-love, you become so magnetic. And then it's, then your match comes in like out of nowhere. Well, I'm, speaking of your match comes out of nowhere. I mean, when, and I don't know how it was for you. I'd love to hear your experience. Um, when you started getting back out there and dating again, was there, how did you bring up that like you had been divorced? Cause I feel like some people, they may be afraid to be like that someone's going to look at them differently because they have been divorced. But to me, I'm like, Oh, like if I met a guy who said he had been divorced, I'd be like, so you know, commitment, you can handle commitment <laughs> yeah. and like you can take on something serious. Um, cause you've gone through that before. How, but not that, yeah. everybody, especially not all men, can think that same way. How did you like? Did you approach it in some way? Did you like just address it early on, or were you only like seeking other people who were also divorced? So interesting. Well, so I'm older than you guys, and in my age range, pretty much, it's more odd that you haven't been married. Um, so it, it, there's an expectation. It's just kind of you've been divorced once or twice at this point. Um, so it, it's a little bit different than dating earlier. So the first when I got divorced the first time, and I was turning thirty. Um, the, well, see, my divorce was public. So, um, it was, it was, it was very different mm. for me because it was actually horrible because everybody knew my story. So honestly, I could you not couldn't tell them your story all, yourself. Yeah. They had to hear it. Through the, yeah. 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 Cause it, yeah. Um, but now it's funny cause I have my first, first date tomorrow, um, that I've had since 
I've since January, I haven't been on a date and I have one tomorrow. And I was talking to my, yeah, my coach today. And yeah, she was saying the same thing you did. I mean, I'm still like, I feel like I'm a 21 year old. Yeah. Kid. I'm like, what, what do I wear? Like, I'm so nervous. Don't tell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone's like, what are you wearing? Um, she's like, don't tell him everything. So yes. I, okay. So here's the thing. If you are, and I've done it, if you are leading with your breakup slash divorce story on the first date and he asks you and you start telling it, it's you're you're not quite there and it's okay grace to you but if that is if that is ideally you want to be to a place where you don't want to have to tell that story first date Mm -hmm. that will come out Mm -hmm. later because I've done it you know and I look back and I'm like god I wasn't ready I cannot believe I spent that entire first date like telling my divorce story that's so tragic but (laughs) if you can if you can jump through it it means you've integrated it and it's not your identity yeah anymore and so yeah so I'm gonna go light and easy I I wouldn't so for me, it's, do I say that I've been divorced twice? So believe me, I'm like, you're going to ask. And you know, I'm, I'm counting on him not tuning into to your show. So it's kind of like, as <laughs> I, I was getting it. dressed, I thought, okay. This will be out after the date. Googled, so you'll be yeah, fine. you're good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, if they Google me, I'm like, crap. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's a rabbit hole. And so I'd, I'd never know, but a lot of guys don't like we do. Like I Google yeah. everybody. We, yeah, oh men, yeah. We are. So, I, so I never know that. <laughs> Oh yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, so for me, it's like, do I, so I, so my plan is if he asks and he doesn't know, and he hasn't Googled tomorrow, if he asks how long I've been divorced, I'm only going to just talk about my second one. Um, if he asks and brings up or knows, I will not deny it. And I will say, Oh, I'm not going to like lie. I will just, I don't feel like I need to go tell him, you know, the past 20 years, I'll just address this situation as mildly as I can. So I mean, look, it's a finessing, <laughs> but I would say don't dump the whole story on somebody, but I would definitely be honest because, because the deal is my person is going to be fine. I don't want to scare anybody yeah. by dumping. I don't want to tell you all my childhood trauma the first date. Don't, don't no. ever do that. But, but my person's going to be okay yeah. with mm-hmm. it. It's going to be okay. And here's the, the, the best part is what I know to be true. My person at this time, because I've had guys shake, believe me, I've had the toxic narcissistic relationships that I stayed in way too long. And he shamed me for my past. Like it was just shaming mm. me because he knew I was ashamed. Right. Yeah. So we went right, right on that. that. Yeah. Um, my person is going to love me because of it. Like, well, it's made you I'm who you are today and less. who you're going to be in the future. Like, Everything that happens to us makes us who we are. And so, like, I don't know. I hate when people, like, harp on the past (laughs) or, like, blame, or, like, blame, like, blame things because of that. So, yeah. So you you speak like you know, because you're in, I mean, it sounds like, so you, you're experiencing that now, that, like, yeah, acceptance of all Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been beautiful itself talking to you. (laughs) Like I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I feel like we could talk for hours, but um, I want to like wrap this up and ask you, um, we always end every episode with a survival tip. What would be um, the first step if someone is still, they are still married, they're thinking about getting divorced. What is that first step you would recommend? Like not the legality of it, the emotional, the spiritual yeah. side of it. What is the first step that you would tell them to do? Give yourself grace. And I would say reach out to somebody that has been there um, because they know don't turn to people that have not been through it as your advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, find someone that's been there that will keep it on the download. And then anyone that's been there should um, fellow women warriors, um, cause they remember being in that place. Um, and I would say 
as you're moving forward, you know the answers. So that's when I work with, especially with women, like that intuitive center that mm-hmm. we have, um, we, we, we deflect and we deny, you know, you talked through it, Emily, I've been through it too. And, you know, where you, and Hannah, I'm sure in other relationships, like you, you stay and you override, mm. you override, you know, the answer and it's okay to take your time. There is no, every, when, if you decide to, to make that choice, everybody is going to tell you their idea of what yeah. should happen. Mm-hmm. This is specific to you. There is no, I did it completely. This is my second one. I did it a completely different way. And it, it, we do things very differently than anybody else at this point. And so anyway, my point is you have your own journey, just like any, any grief journey is, is very unique to you. So be very particular about who you are taking advice from. And at the end of the day, every day you return to your gut feeling and what you know to be true. Cause your answers are always there. That is great. That's perfect. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. We've thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I want to give you a second to have the mic and let the gals know where they can find you, where they can get your books as well too. Uh, We would love to give you just the mic and shout yourself out. Oh, thanks. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm at Dr. Karin. Um, it's, and you have to spell it out, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-I-N.com. So I'm on uh, Instagram with that handle and Facebook. Um, so this book, it's, it was published in 2017, but it's, it changed my life to write it. It's a phenomenal book. It's on Amazon. It's also an audible and, um, it's in a few languages, um, fatherless daughter project. I'm holding it up. I forget some people are listening on, um, just audio. <laughs> so the fatherless daughter project on Amazon, but right now I have, I have several free offers. Um, so if, if you kind of are looking for direction and want to know, like, what should I go to first? I have um, something called the soul inventory. It's a free life assessment that'll help you pinpoint kind of like where to move next. And it's, it's drkarn.com forward slash. You can put it in the notes if you don't mm-hmm. mind forward yep. slash soul inventory. And um, it's free and there's all kinds of stuff that comes with it, but that's where I would yeah, start. We'll have all of the links to everything like in the show notes for people to be able awesome. to find you and reach out to you easily. But thank you so much. This has literally been such a delight. We have thoroughly enjoyed this and I hope that the gals were able to get um, their questions answered and feel like they were able to have more of a, complete answer on a lot of their questions with divorce. Me too. Trust yourself. Trust yourself, girls. (laughs) Trust yourself. Yep. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.